0: What's up, my writerly friend? Welcome back to the Author Revolution podcast. I am your host, international best selling indie author, Carissa Andrews, and CEO of Author Revolution, the author source for all things rapid releasing. Okay, so before we get started, I would like to mention that this episode is sponsored by my upcoming rapid release series, The Windhaven Witches. Secret Legacy, Book One, is an urban fantasy paranormal mystery, and it comes out on September 15th, 2020. In addition, 50% of the royalties are being donated to the American Cancer Society. Okay, well I don't know about you guys, but now that summer is here, I am finding it harder and harder to spend time sitting in front of my computer. The weather is beautiful here in Minnesota, and since we only get like three minutes of nice weather, okay maybe that's kind of a joke, but whatever, I like to take advantage of it by getting out into some of the sunshine. Of course, the pandemic is actually making things dramatically more difficult, but then again, things could be worse. At least I don't have COVID-19, so there's that. Now, my husband and I have instead been taking up kayaking as a way to escape the confines of our house and find some much-needed peace and quiet, if that makes sense. We have way too many kids in this house. (laughs) Plus, it's just a nice way to be able to reconnect to both each other and to nature. On the downside, though, the more time I spend outside, the more I actually want to spend outside. I don't know if that's a, actually a downside, but it seems like it because nature really is my spirit animal. Some people think it's a bird or a critter for them, but for me, it's the whole darn thing. I don't care what it is. I've always loved being outside, exploring and running wild through the trees, or in this case, kayaking slowly on a lake. <laughs> it's very zen. So, with all of this in mind, I thought. Maybe now would be a great time to give my top 10 tips for working smarter and not harder as a rapid release author, or heck, any author for that matter. Are you ready? Let's reclaim some time back in our day. All right, here we go. Tip number one, know your market. After all the years that I've spent writing and trying to make a living with books, this shift is one of them that has been able to give me the most bang for my buck, both time-wise and money-wise. I spent a lot of time in the past trying to understand my books after they were already written. And this can actually cost you in terms of readership and even money when you're targeting the wrong group of readers with advertising spend and trying to get people to like your books when they just aren't connecting to the tropes that you're writing in. So what I want you to do is before you ever start writing your series, Use some analytic tools such as Publisher Rocket or Lytics to learn the market that you're trying to break into. Look at the trends, try to figure out the categories and the niche categories that work best for you and then act on the data that makes the most sense. You'll find your books are far more profitable and the right readers will end up reading your books. So this increases positive reviews and overall sales. So what's not to love about all of that, right? All right, so tip number two, understand story mechanics. When I first started out in the way beginning, like Pendamus talking, I didn't know what made up a good story. In fact, I didn't really know what made up a story at all. Not, not really. I mean, I was a reader. I understood the whole concept, but I wasn't sure from the writer perspective how to craft it properly. In my brain, it's analytical. I need to understand the how and the why and the what and the where and the the whole nine yards, the who, I don't know. So it was especially hard to know where the beginning, middle, and end was because I was a complete pantser. So I let myself get swayed by the telling of the tale and not by understanding the overall arc. There are actually seven story archetypes and understanding which one your story most fits in can help you not only craft a book that resonates, but it'll also help you increase your speed when it comes to your outlines, Yes, you heard me right. Outline your dang books, people. But if you want to work smarter and not harder, that's part of implementing the mechanics of a good story, outlining and knowing where your story is going to go before you even put pen to paper. That way, every time you do it, you get better and you get faster and everything goes much more smoothly. Now, if story mechanics and the idea of story archetypes are kind of new to you, like they were to me a long time ago, I encourage you to check out my mini course, The Story Cure. It's just $27 and it could help you break through the confusion in writing your next breakout bestseller. And I will make sure to link to it here in the show notes. Now, tip number three write the story. Yes, you heard me. Write the story. (laughs) Not edit the story. Not forget to write the story. I want you to remember to protect your writing time. Now, you can't make progress writing and rapid releasing and publishing and all that stuff in a busy world if you're missing your writing schedule. So it's very important to schedule your writing time in. It's easy to let your writing slide when you don't put it as a priority, especially if you're not putting yourself as a priority either. I mean, everyone kind of comes first most of the time, right? Kids, it's summer vacation, and now you want to go on camping trips and Oh, apparently go kayaking all the time. There are things, there are all the things, they come up, right? So what ends up happening is it costs you in your writing time and you're not able to get into the flow, you're not able to get into your schedule, your routine, your publication, editorial calendar, all of those things kind of get messed up. So that's not good. In addition, when you're writing, when you actually are sitting at the computer, don't edit. Refrain from editing while you are writing. Until you have the whole thing written out, that first draft, you honestly don't have the tools you need to be able to edit it well anyway. You waste so much time editing when you're doing it on the fly. Yes, you waste time. Even Terry Pratchett said, first drafts are just you telling the story to yourself. And that's so true because there are going to be things that you're going to miss or things that don't make sense until you get the whole draft written. So, get it all out on paper and then make those sentences, plot holes, and other issues bend to your command. That's when you put your editing hat on, and that's when you go ahead and do that. Write the story, let it come out, protect your writing time, period. All right, tip number four create a release schedule. In fact, create a rapid release schedule. <laughs> when you're rapid releasing, you have to know your release schedule and have it set like concrete. In your head that information provides the editorial calendar and the entire structure that you need to keep track of all the little things that you need to do as you publish your series without it without that plan and that deadline in place you're going to flounder around and never get anywhere and if you do get somewhere it's going to take a lot longer and you're going to put a lot more effort and energy into it than you needed to so when you set those deadlines and you must. It gives you much-needed framework for that accountability, and especially if you put your books up for pre-order, which I highly recommend doing if you are a type of person that needs to be held accountable. Now, there's a whole big discussion on whether or not pre-orders are a good thing. It really doesn't matter. What matters at this point right now is that you create your release schedule and that you put it down on paper and you stick with it. All right, tip number five, batch anything, and everything (laughs) okay and the way you do this is by completing an audit of like a typical work week when it comes to your author related tasks write down everything that you do on any given time don't try to manage it or try to wrangle it at that point when you're doing the audit you're just writing down all the things that you're doing throughout a day and what ends up happening is you start to see trends and you start to see the things that you're trying to do over and over again And the chances are, you'll actually have plenty of things that you can batch together in order to make them go faster. Because when you're doing similar tasks, they all get bunched together and you're able to make that happen in a much quicker manner. Things like social media posting to your social sites, creating new ads, responding to reader comments, and even planning for your books, for your series can be done more efficiently when you take a block of time, set it aside for the task at hand. Now, if you haven't tried it yet, one of my favorite tools is Buffer. I can organize all of my social media posts across all of my accounts from one hub and even bring in other team members who can post or create them, or get them started at least for me. And it's fantastic. And that's just one of the ways that I use batching to get things moving faster for me. But there are other days where it's like I'll do like a whole morning of doing nothing but advertising. I'll do Amazon ads, and then I'll switch to Facebook ads. I'm in the ad mindset and the copywriting mindset. And by doing that, you're doing things much more efficiently and quite honestly, a lot faster. All right, tip number six, hire an editor. Let's go back to that editing premise for just a moment, like we were talking a little bit about with the writing section. As authors, our time is actually best spent writing. Most of us are far too critical of our own words to effectively and efficiently edit our own books. And those of us who aren't critical enough might not be the best editors anyway. While I know it's not always possible to hire an editor right off the bat, as soon as you possibly can afford to do so, I suggest that this is a team member you get on board. Find someone that you can work with and develop a long-term relationship with. I found my awesome editor, Suzanne, on Readsie, but you can find yours in your local writers group, on Fiverr, or even Facebook. The key, though, is to vet them out and make sure that they do a good job with the kind of editing you need. So don't assume that hiring an editor, whether it be on Fiverr or anywhere else for that matter, means that they're going to do a good job. That's kind of what happened with Pandamus when I first started out. I hired two different editors, and to this day, I honestly don't know what type of editors they are. They were just editors, and I paid a good amount of money to them but I didn't know what kind of editor I needed and I don't even know what kind of editing they were good at. So there are different levels of edits and unless you know what kind you need or what level you need, you're not going to know whether or not they're doing a good job or if they're fixing the stuff that you actually need fixing. So for example, if you're just starting out and you need to have a more in depth edit, you're going to need to have a developmental editor to start with. And you might even need to hire more than just one editor because each one, like I said, does a different kind of thing. There are like five different types of editors, guys. So keep that in mind. But if you've been doing this for a while and write fairly cleanly, then you probably need a copy editor. Knowing those differences and then finding someone who can do it That's where the magic really happens. And then you're able to increase your speed with publication, knowing that they have your back and that their edits have done a good job. All right. Number seven, tip number seven, ignore the critics. (laughs) And this one's actually really honestly for me. (laughs) This has been one that I've been really taking into this year. So it's a huge lesson as I am list aiming with Secret Legacy because it means I'm going bigger and bolder than I've ever done before. And it means putting my stories out there in a way that I have never done before. This year, I put Secret Legacy out on NetGalley to get reviews, which has totally been an enlightening experience. I've had ARC readers before. I have had beta and alpha readers before. All of these people are great people and they do a good job with their various types of reads and reviews that they give back. But I will tell you, NetGalley reviewers are brutal. (laughs) If you are not prepared for it, it might catch you off guard and derail your progress. So I'm not going to lie, I've had a couple of days where I've had to readjust my attitude because of their brutal takedowns. However, just because the critics aren't happy with something in your book doesn't mean that they don't have a point. Let's face it, criticism for the most part is still going to give you some enlightenment and give you some tools to be able to do better. So, the key is to take heed of the patterns that are emerging in the tone of the reviews. So, for instance, with my book, Secret Legacy, and this Netgalley thing, my biggest pushback has been the absolute hatred. And we're talking loathing of anything remotely resembling insta love. For those of you who don't know what insta love means, it means two people coming together that kind of like, instantly know that they like each other or want to hang out or date or whatever. Now, Secret Legacy, from a broad perspective, is really honestly an urban fantasy novel. And that means it's fantasy taking place in our world, but that's not the central plot. And I wanted to develop their romance and tie them together, but I didn't want to spend all of my time there because it's not Twilight. It's not the purpose of the entire story. So to many readers, it ended up feeling like it was insta-love, but in essence, it was actually more like insta-attraction. In my own personal experience, this happens all the time. People are attracted to other people all, all over the place, and it might not always develop into something, but it happens. Now, you have to remember, I did meet my husband on Twitter for crying out loud. I fell for his crazy, silly, stupid banter before I even spoke to him in person, like through Skype or anything. So how did this translate into what I did with my writing? Well, after those few days of, you know, licking my wounds and kind of thinking over what they were saying, I've taken these first few reviews and I'm working on fleshing out the characters and the relationships, not just with the main characters, but all of them a little bit more. And I'm trying to take out some of the thoughts, which I think really is what threw those readers off. So if I I take those out, leave a little more wiggle room it actually slows the progress of their relationship down and creates a slower development. At least that's how it feels to me. We'll see if readers will agree. Who knows if it'll be enough, but if not, I can't dwell on it because I do have another book and a half to finish, right? So that goes back to ignoring the critics. When you get those negative reviews at a certain point, if you're not able to use what they're saying and be able to put it into constructive use, Let it go, move on to the next thing, and keep moving forward. All right. Tip number eight have a launch plan. This one is really like an extension of the release schedule, but I felt I needed to go into a little more detail. So, in the past, I would write a book and rely on my newsletter and my social media to get the word out about the book's release. However, I have really found that a little more effort goes a long way. So when you have a new book, whether it's the first in a series or the 25th, having a plan for how you want to launch it is going to help you immensely. So yes, the whole concept of the last book is your best way to be able to make your first book sell better. That that whole concept is still the same. But knowing how to put those launches together and get them out there, it really makes it all the better. So this means developing that ARC team, the ARC advanced reader team or your street team and make sure that you're setting up blog tours if that's something that your readers like. And for sure, 100% learn to create a budget for promo sites and ads as you are getting ready to launch because those sites truly are critical. All right, tip number nine, learn ads. (laughs) we're indie authors, right? So let's go back to that budget for creating promos and ads. Yes, ads are crucial for us. So probably all authors, but for indies in specific, one of the biggest time savers and money savers, if I might say so myself, was learning to do ads for myself. When I first started looking into them, I thought Amazon ads were the be all end all. I thought that was really where I needed to be because it made sense. Amazon is where they're at. And so in order to get them to buy your book, it's best if they're already on that platform, right? Well, as it turns out, each kind of ad does something a little bit different. So Amazon ads are great for books that are already out and that are quickly and readily available for people to be able to download right that second where Facebook is spectacular for increasing your rankings on Amazon. So even if they're not selling the book, just by bringing them over to your book's landing page, you're increasing your ranking, which helps your book to be seen more organically through Amazon anyway. Then BookBub ads are killer for pre-orders and developing your author also bots right there on Amazon. So when people are on your Amazon author page, There's like that little section on the left-hand side that shows all the authors that you are similar to or that readers have purchased books from. If you want to be able to hone in on the types of authors you really want in that section, then you're going to want to make sure that you are working with BookBub ads because you're going to be able to target those specific authors and make sure they're ranking on your author page on Amazon. But honestly, each platform has its own quirks and it takes a little bit of time to master them. My recommendation to you is to check out Rebecca Hamilton's Ads for Authors course. I will link to it in the description here, so don't worry. But Rebecca does a stellar job at making sure that you are getting the best and biggest bang for your buck. She helps you keep your cost per clicks low and your ads delivering with really great return on investment. If money is no object and learning ads is too cumbersome, the other option is, of course, to hire someone who does know how to do ads properly or who wants to learn. Which brings me to tip number 10 and my ultimate. (laughs) Hire yourself APA. This is my last, and like I said, my biggest tip for working smarter and not harder. Having a fantastic personal assistant on board is really going to up your game and help you to create a level of space in your day and in your work week that you didn't know existed. There are only so many hours in day, and let's face it, there are some author tasks that you might be much happier passing over to your PA. My PA, Jenny, does so much for me, and I wish I could send her more hours. I will. I'm getting there once I'm able to get past this super crazy launch. Who knows? Maybe I'll be able to uh, go author full time. We'll see what happens. But what Jenny does is everything from scheduling social media posts to creating promo images to finding newsletter swaps, reaching out to other authors for other types of things that we could do together. She even joins me for our graveyard chats which are done on Facebook Live events on Sundays. And I would seriously be absolutely crazy mental without her. I know that she has the insights and the business know-how to help me see things in a completely new light. Plus, she's an avid reader. She loves reading books and she reads voraciously. So she's able to help me figure out when I'm kind of veering off track or poke me when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, which is awesome. I value her advice tremendously. And any chance I have to increase her hours or give her more to do, I do it. So if any of you are looking for a PA to help with your group engagement, your social media, newsletter creations, whatever, I will say that Jenny does have a couple of spots still open. So I'll make sure to include her new website in the show notes so that you can check her out. The website's brand new though, I'm going to say. So I'm actually helping her work on it this week. And if you spot anything that's kind of weird or not working properly, just let me know. I'll try to help her get it fixed right away. It's all kind of new for her, so I'm kind of letting her see how she wants to handle it and how she wants to design it, and we're going to go from there. But I can highly attest to Jenny's capabilities and everything that she's able to do. Like I said, she's building this website right now. I mean, she, she's willing to take on just about any task just to be able to give it a try and see how it works. Now, another fantastic PA that I have worked with in the past is Summer Greystone, She is a complete sweetheart and is an author herself. So she knows exactly what it's like to be doing what we do. And I will also make sure that her link is in the show notes as well. She is one of those ladies that I am so glad that I was able to get to know her and work with her. And had it not been for having to pick and choose and Jenny being so close to me, trust me, I would still be working with Summer as well. And who knows, maybe in the future, I will be able to hire both. Okay, to recap, tip number one, know your market. Tip number two, understand story mechanics. Tip number three, write, not edit, (laughs) and make sure that you are keeping your schedule locked in. Okay, tip number four, create a rapid release schedule. Tip number five, batch anything and everything. Tip number six, hire an editor. Tip number seven, ignore those critics. (laughs) Tip number eight, have a launch plan. Tip number nine, learn ads. And tip number 10, hire a PA. Well, my writerly friends, that wraps up all of those 10 tips on how to work smarter and not harder this summer. Hopefully they were helpful and provided you some insights on how you can increase your writing and publishing velocity without losing your mind completely. I want you to be able to get outside and enjoy that summer after all. All right. So now... If you'd like to download the transcript from today's episode or grab a link to anything else that we just talked about, be sure to head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash 36. You'll be able to find everything that you need there. As a final reminder, this podcast episode is sponsored by my upcoming series, The Windhaven Witches. In June, I fell short of my 500 pre-orders on Apple for Secret Legacy, so once again, I'm going to be sharing the heck out of it in July so that I can build those pre-orders up. List aiming is not for the faint of heart, guys. I'm telling you, it takes a lot of perseverance. So if you would like to help this crazy lady hit the New York Times bestseller list, I would love for you to check out Secret Legacy and order a copy for just 99 cents today. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast episode, 50% of the royalties from every single sale in 2020 are being donated to the American Cancer Society. All right, so it's time to get outside and soak in some sun. After everything that we've just talked about, I want you to implement some of the tips and get outside, even if it means bring your laptop and doing some writing. Deal? All right, until next time, go forth and start your author revolution.